Hello and welcome to the podcast of the Church of New Beginnings, 918 Third Street, El Dorado, Illinois, with Pastor Toby Heiss. Our regular services are Wednesday evening at 5.30 for Children's Church, prayer meeting on Thursday at 6 p.m., Sunday school, 1 p.m. on Sunday, and our regular worship service is 2 p.m. every Sunday afternoon. Come be a part, and we hope you enjoyed the podcast today. Hallelujah. You know, we've been talking on miracles. Amen. And I am a believer of miracles. If you didn't know that, I am a believer of miracles. I've seen miracles. I've, I've had miracles. Amen. And I am just believing, amen, that we are setting ourselves in a position to receive miracles. Can you say amen? Amen and amen and amen. We're going to be in Luke, the fifth chapter today, and we're going to talk about the catch of fish. Okay, a drop that they brought in. And I want to talk to you a little bit about it today. And, you know, we first uh, talked about the um, uh, turning the water into wine. Can I, can I uh, elaborate on that just a little bit? Amen. I'm not giving permission for you to go out and drink wine. I'm going to say this. Back then, there wasn't, everybody wasn't given, they wasn't a, uh, they, they didn't take a Nazarite vow, and not everybody was given to the ministry. Can I say something to you today? If you have been born again, you are given to the ministry. Hello? Amen? So, uh, when I did that, I had, I had, uh, Something come in my mind, I need to clarify that, amen. If Jesus was turning, amen, water into wine, then it's okay for us to drink it. Well, the Bible tells us that drunkenness is a sin, okay? But can I tell you something? To some folk, you may not know that that first drink might do you in. Hello, young people, listen to me. You may not know that that first drink might do you in, Amen. Especially if it's ran in your family and different things could happen, that first drink could do you in, amen, and lead you down a road, amen, that you might not be able to come out of, amen, except you be delivered by the Lord Jesus Christ, all right? And uh, I just wanted to clarify that in this place. Can you say amen? I've been studying some of the different religions. There's, there's some people that are real hard and on different things, and I know people that are hard on different things, and their religion tells them that they can drink all they want when they want. They just can't be seen out, but they can do it in their home. Hello. If I told you what religion it was, you'd all fall over. But God is good. Can you say amen? Today we're going to be on the catch of fish. Amen. And in doing that, uh, I want to talk to you about where it took place, some things that happened there, and we're still positioning ourselves, amen, for a miracle. And I want to talk to you about that. Just as we talked about uh, the water into wine, the, the circumstances that were going on at that time generated an atmosphere uh, for a need for a miracle. Uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, simply said they're out of wine. A simple statement like that. Amen. Brought about the circumstance. Amen. For a miracle. And then we went on and we talked about the nobleman's uh, uh, centurion, about his son. And we talked about how Jesus gave him a promise and a prophecy. He said, go thy way, thy son liveth. Well, he said, thy son liveth, go thy way. And he gave him a promise and, and amen, a prophecy. And he went that way and he did not pray for him. Amen. One of the things that we're going to come across uh, when we studied the things that happened with Jesus, is Jesus was all about stating a promise and a prophecy, and he did not pray for people. Woo, it got silent in here. Amen? He did not. If you study, and we're going to go through this study, and I'm going to prove it to you by the Word of God. He was, amen, he, we, we are in such a place, amen, uh, I know that when we get over to where Paul talks and stuff, and he says, bring it uh, the el- to the elders, anoint him with oil, and let him pr- do the prayer of faith. But I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about the teachings of church. I'm talking about what Jesus did. Amen? And he was walking upon earth. The only prayer he did, the disciples asking, teach us to pray. And the prayer that he, was ma- he made, amen, was a prayer that taught us as individual we are to pray to ourselves to the Father to get closer to him. 
Amen. But when it come to healing, he just said, be healed. Amen. As far as actually praying, he stated a prophecy, and it come to pass. And we need to learn that. How many know we can decree something? I remember uh, sometime back, uh, Lisa Miles, I was, it was one day when the Spirit of God was moving in this place, and uh, I was just going to town, and Lisa Miles said, you were decreeing the thing. Do you remember that? And amen, it was just pronouncing the thing like that, and she said, you were decreeing. And it stuck in my spirit, and it, and it has always been in my spirit. And one of the things that I found out is Jesus decreed everything. Amen? That's one of the things he did. He was known also as a prophet. He was known as the rabbi. He was known as a teacher. Amen? And I said, man, some of you shut me off when I said he didn't pray for people. I can feel it in this place. Good. Amen? Because we're going to talk about getting in a position, amen, to be healed by Jesus. Amen? Can you say amen? All right. Woo, it got hard in here. Amen. God is good. First of all, we're going to talk in Luke, the fifth chapter, starting with verse 1. Amen. Scene takes place at the Sea of Galilee. Sometimes it's called uh, Gennesaret in the New Testament. It's also uh, called uh, Tiberus, the Sea of Tiberus. It's the same one in the New Testament. Okay. Different people. It's like this. Have you ever had people uh, that lived around a place or something? They called it one place and you called it another place and the home folk called it this place. Amen. And and, and you say, what are you talking about? And you'll say, oh, you know. And you'll name that name. They'll say, oh, you're talking about this. Amen. Because different people call things by different names. It depends on the dispensation or who was there or where they were. But anyway, the Sea of Galilee... Uh, amen. It was located in a valley. It was about 685 feet below sea level, and it was surrounded by mountains. It was 13 miles long and approximately 87 uh, uh, miles across at its wi- at widest point, and the range ranged from 80 feet to 160 feet. The reason I want to tell you this is, remember, amen, one time Jesus walked on the water in the depth was 80 feet to 160 feet on that water he walked on. Amen. There was no shallowness to that. I mean, no, there's no shallowness to Jesus. Can you say amen? Uh, one of the things that is said about this, they said the water is real clear and it's sweet. It's such a beautiful deep blue that uh, during the season when the hills are green, it almost is, has been described as a sapphire in an emerald setting. They said it's absolutely beautiful. One of the places I can uh, almost imagine is I used to go to Bull Shoals, Arkansas. I don't know if anybody of you been there off the White River to Bull Shoals Lake. It is so clear and so blue and so just beautiful that you can swim about six to eight strokes down in the water and still be seen. It is so beautiful. I mean, I've never seen a lake like it in my life. Amen. Good to have Andrew walk in and join us. Amen. And, uh, uh, amen. Amen. And so, and so in this place, it's a beautiful place. Jesus was at the Sea of Galilee, and, there, and uh, it was a place known as uh, having an abundance of fish. And it was different varieties. I think about us today, and we know that fish, uh, amen, represents people of God, a lot of people that are in the world. And there's many varieties. Uh, you've heard the saying that they always say different strokes for different folks. Amen. And how many know people are different? Look around. Amen. Uh, I've known some blowfish in my time have you I'm going to get you to laugh one way or another. It's tight in here. Amen. There's different fish, amen, than different types. Amen. If we, I got, he's back there going, eek. Amen. But different fish and different types, and we can, we can take and attest to that, that nobody is the same. Amen. If you ever go to an aquarium and look at all the fish, I love to go, uh, even if you go to the rainforest there in Nashville, and you look at some of the fish that are in there, or you go to the zoo, and you go to an aquarium, different things, and you look you'll say, I ain't never seen nothing like that. Amen. Some of us could attest, I ain't never seen nothing like that. Amen. And so God is good. So here we are in the setting of the Sea of Galilee, one of the ones that Jesus, amen, walked upon. And here we are in a place, amen, that they were taking and some people were out uh, taking and, and fishing. And one of the things that they used to do on this lake, it was a commercial place for fishing. Uh, sometimes they used to fish in different ways. I used to 
grab one of those nets where you would grab it at the middle and you had a rope and you would hang on to it. You grab it in the middle. You remember those, Jim, and you'd hold them up and you'd, you'd go like this and you throw it out and it would fall down and sink to the bottom. Amen. And then when it sunk to the bottom, you hope it landed on a school of fish and you could pull them in. I wish I knew where it was. I would have brought it today. We would have had some fun catching some things. Amen. But I, I did, couldn't find that. This is one of the ways that they fished back then. Uh, I have tried that several times and took it out to a lake and took it out to a pond. And can I tell you something? I never caught anything with it. <laughs> but this was one of the methods that they used to fish in this place. Another thing that they did, they used a drag net. They would fashion it to a shore, and a boat would grab a hold of it, and it had weights in the bottom, and they would take that boat after they fastened it to the shore, and they would kind of make a circle around like this to the other shore, and anything that was caught in that, they would pull it in, and they would receive a drop from that. Amen. And two different styles of fishing. And I thought about the styles of fishing, and I thought about how it represents the ministry in many ways, Different preachers have different ways. Different teachers have different ways. Some methods work for one. Some methods work for another. Amen. And especially as we're supposed to be fishermen uh, of men. Amen. we got to know and we got to find out the method that is good for you. There's people that get paid professionally to fish. How many know that? They, they get paid professionally to fish. And you know what? They will tell you, I use this, and I use this kind of bait, and I use that kind of bait. And if anybody has ever went to Dick's or any of those great big sporting uh, amen places, there's so many lures, and there's so many different types of things that you can buy. And they'll say, this attracts this, and this attracts this on a sunny day. This attracts this on a cloudy day. Amen. And there's so many. You, you can't, if you owned all the lures in the world, amen, but guess what, you'd never fit them into your house there wouldn't be, and that's the way it is with the methods and the ways that men, amen, are used of God in drawing people to come to the house of God and to come to know the Savior uh, our Lord Jesus Christ amen, there's all kinds of lures look at yourself and say, I'm a lure Amen? And, and every one of you, Bob, different. Can you say amen? <laughs> amen? Every one of you may move different. Every one of you may teach different. Every one of you may talk different. Every one of you may witness different. But you're all a part of that. Amen? And can be used in that. Amen? And so as they was here, and they, they uh, a lot of times they would also take one of those same dragnets, and instead of using the earth or, or the beach in which they were or the, the ground there, they would take between two boats and they would gather one in one boat and another and they would circle around and meet meet somebody, meet each other and then they would pull it in that way and, and it's usually somebody they were in covenant with or partnership with and they would take in that draught of fish and they would share that draught of fish and, and they used it that way. How many times have you worked with somebody in ministry? Amen. And you, you figured out a way that you could work together to draw fish in. And as I was thinking about this, I, I was thinking about these fishermen here and it said in uh, uh, Luke the fifth chapter it said this in verse 1 and it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets as I looked at this and I thought about they pressed upon him to hear the word. For uh, Wouldn't it be great if we had such a hunger from the people of the world, amen, to hear the word of God. Such a hunger from the people of the church to hear the word of God. That they would press upon you. Amen. When I was in Africa and I would go over there and I was in Kenya and I was in Zambia both. And there would be times that I would preach the word and that we would go and we would preach 12 hours at a time and be tag teaming and people would be having to go to their own church on Sunday and they would ride on a bicycle all the way back just hoping to get back in time just to hear a sentence from a man or woman of God that had traveled across the seas to preach the word of God. They were pressing upon the ministry. They wanted to hear more for such a hunger. 
If we could hear that and we could see that in the United States of America. Can you say amen? I remember after being over there and coming back and I was in, uh, amen, Marston, uh, uh, Lilburn, uh, uh, Arkansas and I thought to myself, this will spoil you when you have people that want to hear, amen, that want to come, that will walk across the mountains, that will stay there for days not knowing truly when you're going to get there but are so hungry for the Word of God. And this is the time that it was then because Jesus said in the Word of God here it says they pressed upon Him to hear the Word of God. When's the last time you pressed upon your minister to hear the Word of God? Think about it. When's the last time you pressed, you earned, you longed for the Word to come forth? Be honest with ourselves in here. We're, we're getting to a place that we've got to be honest when our, with ourselves. That, oh my God, the music's over. Here comes the word. Hmm. Come on. Are you getting ready for church to, to, to come and to say, here it comes. We're getting ready to enter into his courts. When's the last time? See, one thing that I've learned about studying on the miracles of Jesus, there is one thing that happens. You come to a reality of where you are in Him and where you are not. Amen? So when's the last time you pressed upon the Word of God that you couldn't wait to get there to hear what the Word of God was going to say unto you, what it was going to deliver unto you, how it could take and set you free. Amen? How the Word of God could change your life. When's the last time? Think about it. When we first got saved, amen, we used to run. I can remember when I came back to the Lord, poor Della, amen, she took me all over the country, amen. Every night I was in a service, I couldn't get enough word. I hadn't had the word in so long, and I was thirsting after the word of God. When you first got saved, how much? How many times do you remember going to a revival, and it kept lasting, and you didn't want to miss one night of it. I can remember when we were in a place in this church, that we went into a 21 day revival and people came every night because they couldn't uh, they didn't want to miss what God was doing they wanted to hear the word of God they wanted to see what he was doing and they pressed upon him how's your press today how's our press today Huh? Some of you need to write that down. How's my press today? Huh? How's my press today? Amen? So here they were. <laughs> Amen. And, and they pressed to hear the word of God. And he stood by the lake, Ginner said. And he saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them. Amen? Uh, it says that two boats were here and these were the ones that belonged to Peter and his partners. But in, if you study history, they said all together, amen, that was what Jesus was focusing on. When Jesus has a purpose for somebody, can I tell you what? When he's coming for you, he doesn't see everybody around you. He sees you. He's seen two ships. History tells us at that time in given history that there was 4,000 ships approximately on that sea at that time, at that given time. But he's seen two. <laughs> Did you hear me? He's seen two. But the historians, if you study it, said all the time there was 4,000 ships, but he's seen the ones that were in partnership, the ones that were in covenant. Woo, somebody. Ones that could work together. <laughs> we may be having 4,000 churches around here, but how many can work together? Well, I better get off that one real fast, hadn't a violin. Amen. Amen. Just think about it. 4,000 ships out there, but he's seen two. The Word of God recorded two, and they were in partnership. 
they was owned, amen, by Simon Peter, amen, and, and, and they were in partnership. He seen these two that was out there, amen, and, and, and with the other 4,000, that's all they seen. And, and they were what? They were doing something, amen. They were washing their nets. One thing I need to tell you about fishing back then, amen, they made their own nets. They weaved their own nets. They fashioned their own nets. They took care of their own nets. They didn't have somebody else take care of them because it was something that was so uh, priceless to them. Amen. It was so important to them. They didn't take and, and let somebody else handle what was so important to them. It was their livelihood. It was the thing that made them a living. It was the thing that brought home food to their family. It was the thing, amen, that they they took and they threw and they went to the lake every day and it was the thing that they took out and they would let it dry. They would bend their nets. They would let it dry. Amen. And at the time, they would spread them out and let them dry. Amen. Uh, they would knew that they were getting ready for another day that they would go out and they would throw them in the lake again. How many times have you taken? Amen. Many times I thought about preaching and I throw out my net and I throw out the word of God. Amen. And and you know what? Sometimes I catch. Amen. Sometimes somebody, I'll be looking at you and I'll see a light go off. Amen. And I caught a fish. Can you say amen? I caught somebody. Amen. A word changed their life. I seen rain. I hit them. And I seen something change in their life. And I knew it when they got it. Amen. And there's been other times I threw it out there, amen, and I brought it in, and there was nothing in there. But guess what? I took care of it, knowing that there would be another time that I would cast my net, and I would have to use it. Woo! Huh? Miracles of Jesus. Said this. In verse 3 it says, And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed that he would thrust out a little from the land. Can I tell you something? Sometimes the place that you are standing, you're closer to your miracle than you even know. He said, I just want you to thrust out a little from the land. A little bit from where you're at now is your miracle. He didn't cause them. Amen. Sometimes you think God just wants you to jump out in the middle of nowhere. He said just thrust out a little. Just a little bit from the shore, just from the land, from where you are now. Just move a little bit from your mindset where you are now. Just a little bit. Move just a little bit. Think about where you are now in your relationship with God, in your relationship with me, in your relationship with this church. He's just asking you to what? Push out, uh, not far, amen. Just, just push out. What did he say? Just thrust out just a little from the land where you're standing right now. Sometimes you've been standing on some things and you've been believing God to it. And God's telling you today, just, just believe just a little bit farther, a little place from where you are right now believing. Your miracle's just little place from where you are right now. <laughs> one connection, one phone call, you've heard me say it. Huh? One, one, one breath of God can change your life. Amen? I think about the man that came and Samantha come in telling us she could brought good news and she said the guy had battled with cancer for seven years and he went and he was cancer free. Amen. He thrust out just a little bit from where he was and guess what? He got a miracle. Ha! Huh? How do you suppose he cast out just a little bit? Amen. He goes to a church around here but he cast out just a little bit and a miracle met him. Come on now. Sometimes we just need to cast out just a little bit. Where are you standing now? I'm standing and if God wants to bring it to me, He can bring it to me. (laughs) Sometimes God just wants you to thrust out just a little bit. Can you say amen? It says this. He said, thrust out just a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. One of the things that we know is during that time it was customary. When Jesus was going to teach, he sat down. 
Amen. When he took a seat in the temple, he was what? He was in there to teach. Amen. That was one of the things they marveled at in the temple is he took a seat. And when he took a seat, they were like, man, he's taking a seat of authority. This man is putting him, this child, when he was in the temple, is putting himself in an authoritative position because he sat down to teach. All the others stood up and he sat down to teach. Huh? I wonder, I was thinking about that and how the, he, when they, the teacher always sat down, the others always stood. I wonder how much we might get if it was the opposite, amen. I can remember being in services, amen, when I, when I first started out and we would have standing room over only sometimes in Alabama and it didn't matter if there was a seat or not and they'd stand up for hours to hear the word of God. <laughs> how long would you stand to hear the word of God? How long would you stand to hear the Word of God? We'll stand for hours for Black Friday. Huh? Somebody asked, I was afraid I interfere you with Black Friday. I said, I'll learn to push a button. If I want something, I'll go online. Amen. I'm not going to go pitch a tent in the middle of some place. Amen. Amen. Looking for a bargain. I want to see it. You know what I mean? And, and, and the thing is, I, I'm not against that, but the thing is, if it's in your life that something, an item, an atomite item is so important, why can't God be as important? Huh? When's the last time you stood outside of a church to wait till it opened? Woo! Woo, I'm feeling something today. When's the last time you hungered and you stood outside? What are you waiting on? I'm waiting for the church to open. <laughs> Why? God's got a deal in there for me. God's got something in there for me. When's the last time? I can remember traveling, amen, year before. And I can remember, amen, when we used to get there early and the church wasn't open. We sitting in the parking lot waiting for the revival. I'm talking to myself here too. Come on. Let's talk to ourselves. When's the last time? Or have we ever? Amen. Look at your neighbor and say amen. Amen. And and so, amen, they, they, they took and they thrust out and he sat down and he taught the people, amen, from the ship. As I was doing that, uh, I thought about, he said, now he, when he left off speaking, uh, let, let me tell you something about Jesus with, with things that he does here. Jesus never does anything, amen, if there's anything he requires of you, he pays for it. The church has come to a place, I wrote this, Jesus always pays for what he has need of. He pays for the, yip, uh, the use of a ship with a miracle. He told them to cast out just a little bit and he used that ship as a platform to teach the people. And at the end of using that ship, he told them, amen, that they needed to cast their uh, nets out, I'm going to get ahead of myself, into the deep, amen. And guess what? He rewarded them with a miracle for the use of their ship for their obedience. We have come to a church society that believes that we need to receive things at God's price and that's for nothing. Oh, Jesus, I'm going to get in trouble here. Amen? When Jesus always paid for the use, if you study his miracles or things he used, there was a miracle that always happened. Amen? And when those miracles happened, he always rewarded them for, the, for their obedience, amen, or for the use of their ship or for whatever they had need, he had need of. Hmm. Uh, some people say, we got it, I, I got this, uh, at God's price, meaning free. Can I tell you something? Nothing is free. It costs somebody something. Can I tell you that? It costs somebody 
something. I wrote down this. It cost Jesus his life to use his own likeness. Think about that. I mean, know what? We were made in the likeness and image of God. It cost him his very life, Jesus Christ, to use his own likeness, Brother Dave, which we are. There was a price for him to be able to come into this tabernacle. I mean, no, you've heard it many times say you were bought for a price. How many's heard that? Why? So that he could take and use you and indwell you and you could be his instrument. Mm. Hello? It says now on verse 4 now. He says, now that he left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep. What? Launch out. He tells you what to do a lot of times. He said, where? Into the deep. He said, how? Let down your nets. Amen? And then he tells you the reward of the promise that you'll what? Catch a great drought. A great drought. Listen to it in the Word of God, how it's written. And now when he left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. I looked up the word drought there, and it's from an old Anglo-Saxon word that, that is D-R-A-G-A-N, and it means what is drawn. I thought about the woman at the well when she drew him a drink of water. Amen. And that water, what, caused her never to thirst again. I thought about Jacob, amen, when they sent after him to find his wife, amen, or Israel, uh, amen, and she went and she drew, amen, water out to feed uh, the camels that was there, amen, amen. And that word drought, they means uh, to draw out, amen. Jesus is wanting you to draw out of yourself. Amen. And as I looked at that, it reminds me, amen, like I said, of that woman at the well where she drew out. And once she drew that water up and gave it to Jesus, guess what? It was a water where she what? Never thirst again. Jesus was telling, if you'll throw out into the deep, amen, you'll receive a drought. You'll draw out of what I have instructed you or what I have gave you. And I I looked at this, amen, and uh, it says this in verse 5, and he said, And Simon answering him said, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing nevertheless. Jesus had to come to a place at Gethsemane where he said what? He had prayed all night, amen, and from praying all night. What did they do? They toiled all night. What did Jesus do all night? He toiled all night in prayer all night. Amen. And then all of a sudden they get to a place here. He says, nevertheless, at thy word I will. Jesus came to a place and said, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. They came to the same place. They came to the same place. Uh, God, I've tried everything. I've worked, amen, all night. I've did everything I know. I do this for a living. Can't you see Simon Peter? He said, all night we've toiled. We haven't played around, amen. We do this for a living. We've stayed out all night. We threw our nets in multiple places. We threw different kinds of nets. God, we did everything that we know to do. How many times have you done everything that you know to do? Nevertheless, what? At thy word. Sometimes we come to a place in our life, amen, that we got to say, God, I've done everything that I know to do, and we need a word from him as to what to do. And that word from him that tells us what to do changes everything. And he comes to that place, nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down thy net. At thy word. Verse 6 says this, uh, let me go to verse 5. Simon answered him and he said, Master. Let me look at that word right there. He said, Master. Look at that word. He said, Master. Master is a, is a word that means not just a teacher, but one of authority. Amen. Uh, and he was talking to him. He was looking at him as master as both of the fish and the sea. And I got looking in the Word of God and I want us to go over to Psalms, the 8th chapter, if you will. Go to Psalms, the 8th chapter. Amen. We want to read something there. Psalms, the 8th chapter. Sometimes we got to come to know Him in a different place. When He called Him Master, He, he recognized Him as one that's having authority over the situation He was in. And what was the situation He was in? He was wrestling the sea and the fish. He had not caught anything. Now listen to this. This is a revelation that David came to. 
And in Psalms 8, it says this. It says, O Lord our God, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. How many have ever heard that song saying, How excellent is thy name, amen, in all the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. Verse 2, Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest steal the enemy and the adventure. Verse 3, When I considered thy heavens and the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the sun of man that thou had visited him for thou hast made him a little lower than the angels and hast crowned him with glory and honor thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands thou hast put all things under his feet all sheep and oxen yea and the beast of the field look at verse 8 here and the fowl of the air and the fish of the sea and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the sea O Lord, our our Lord, how excellent is the name in all thy earth. David came to a revelation that he was over even the fish in the seas and everything that crosses the paths of the sea. When he called him master, he was coming to a revelation. Amen, the same as David did. He knew that he was the master of that. What a revelation to know that any time in the situation he was in, he was master of that. How many times have you searched for something in the Word of God and you come across and said, that's what I'm facing. Oh my God, he's the master of it. And you glean from that and you glean hope from that. Amen. And it makes and it strengthens your faith to a place, amen, that you can believe him for yourself. He said, Master. Master, he 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 just took and Jesus walked onto his boat. Listen to me. He walked on his boat and he said, "Push out." Imagine Peter was what? Well, I ain't got nothing to lose. Amen. I ain't caught nothing there. Amen. All this multitude of crowd. Amen. And all of a sudden he just tells him to push out and he sits there and teach. What magnitude of teaching did he do that day from that boat that caused him to call him master? Oh, my God, what was the message that day? What was the message that set you in another place with God? What was the message that was preached by that man or woman of God that day that caused you to give your heart to Jesus, that opened you up to something new? There he was sitting in the boat, amen, teaching from his boat, a boat that he used to catch fish in day in and day out, night and day. He used that boat and all of a sudden a man says, just push out just a little from where you are. And it changed his life. Changed his life. People, someday we got to, we, we are closer than we know. Well, I was hearing this. I was hearing the Lord say, some people are standing closer than they know to their miracle. They just need to push out just a little bit from where they are. Reach out just a little bit. A little bit farther from where you are. And your miracle is there. See, you're not a long distance from it. Sometimes just, just right there. Just right there. And I thought about that David, that revelation. I said, dear God in heaven... David had that same revelation. He'd come to it. All of a sudden we have this, amen. We come uh, to a place. Simon said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclo- it says, And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and it break their net. And their net break. When they had done, when they had what? Listen, obeyed. Somebody hear me. From where you're standing, from where you're standing right now, your miracle is even closer than you know. And when God tells you, amen, to push out just a little bit, just a little bit more, I need a little bit more of you, amen. That, and if you will be obedient, that's what they did right here. And then he said, and now that you gave me more of you, this is what I need you to do. See, you've got to give him more of you before he'll tell you what he can do with you. 
Ah, see, most of us is wanting him to tell us what he'll do with us before we give him more. But he said, you just push out just a little bit, Wanda, from where you're at right now. And then he said, I'm going to tell you what to do, where to do, and how to do it. When he did that and he said when it was finished, what happened? All of a sudden the net, the drop was so great. Amen. All of his experience, all the years his father has taught him, his natural father had taught him, all the years he had toiled and fished and everything he had learned in the natural didn't hold, amen, one iota to what happened from the Word of God. Sometimes we need to let go of what we know. He didn't say, I'm going to pray you a great catch. Anybody see in there where he said, I'm going to pray you catch a lot of fish. He didn't do it, did he? He told them to do something. They did it. And when they obeyed him, guess what? Amen. He told him, what did he tell him? He said, you're going to do it and I'm going to bring you a great what drought. He said, here's your promise. You obey me and here's your promise. He didn't pray. He didn't pray. Lord, now that they've done this out of obedience, I want you to reward them for that. Help us, Lord. He didn't say that. The Word of God is trying to take us to a place, church, I feel it in my spirit. He said this, look. He said, uh, uh, a great multitude of their fish and their net break, and they beckoned to their partners. Remember when I told you? that he, out of all the 4,000, approximately 4,000 ships that were on the Sea of Galilee at that time, the only ones he recognized were the ones that were in partnership or covenant. He knows who can work with you and who can't. He knows who can, when, when, it, when he's getting ready to deliver something, he knows who can help you, amen, go to the next level and who can't. You know, you've heard me say it, amen, many a time. John and them was here, and I've been saying it. Not everybody can go where you're going. Not everybody can go where we're going, church. Not everyone can go where you're going, Judah. That's the reason over the years there's been people come and there's been people go. Not everyone can go where you were going. Look at your neighbor and say, not everyone can go with me. He's taking me someplace. And you may not be able to go. But I'm going. Mary says, you watch, Jim. I'm going with you. (laughs) That's all right. There's not a doubt in my mind that where Jim goes, Mary ain't going. Amen. Mary will go and Mary go and Jim will go. Amen. Because guess what? They're in covenant. How many understands that? Uh, Do I need to do some covenant teaching in this place? What it is? It's more than being married, amen, a man or woman covenant is a different... We might have to before this time's over. Hallelujah. He said, and when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fish, and it broke their net, and they beckoned unto the partners, amen, verse 7, when they had obeyed. Have you obeyed God in what he's told you to do? (laughs) Have you obeyed God in what He's told you to do? Have you positioned yourself for a miracle? See, obedience positions yourself for a miracle. Have you been obedient? Have you been in obedience so much that those connected to you or in partnership with you will be blessed also, that there'll be an overflow of blessings because they were attached to them and they were for them and not against them and they were in partnership, that when they were blessed, their partners or everybody that was around them were blessed also? I told you, I'm favored of the Lord. I've told you that, amen. And I believe that it flows, amen. I believe I'm blessed, you're blessed, amen. Come on now, amen. Favor flows. I I was at a place the other day, amen, and I got invited to a place and and it was by a a route of a key, amen. And and, uh, the person said, ended up saying I was going to meet them to get something back to them, amen. And and they said, well, just come by my house. And I said, I don't know where you live. And there was a long silence and, and then they told me where they lived. And when I got there, they said, we thought everybody knew where we lived. Amen? Uh, because of who they were. 
And I, and I said, well, I didn't know where you lived. And I got there and I ended up there uh, probably in an hour and a half to two hours later talking. And during that conversation, amen, some things come up that I didn't know. And as they were talking, all of a sudden uh, the person said to me, and they said, I don't think you realize how highly respected you and your church is in this community. And I looked at them and I said, you couldn't prove it by me. And they said, no, you were talked about very highly. In fact, people respect you and your ministry so highly in this community. You don't even know. And I said, they won't even talk to me, was my response. And their response was, that's because they don't know how to approach you. Don't know how to approach me. I said, I don't bite. The person started laughing. And sometimes I was talking to somebody about this and they said it's not necessarily you. Sometimes they don't know how to handle the anointing that rests on you. But anyway, they, they told me, amen, how respected we were. And they asked how long we'd been in ministry. And I told them. And they said, that long. And they said, well, we just thought somebody needed to tell you. Amen. Brother Gary had told me that before. But this was a voice other than Brother Gary. Amen. Not, not saying that we wasn't taking it from Brother Gary. But sometimes when your brother or your sister tells you, it's nice when somebody that ain't your brother and sister tell you, can you say amen? And I began to think about that. And I thought, okay, God, you're already positioning us when we didn't even know the positioning, amen, where we were. How many understands what I'm talking about? Amen. So after an hour and a half, almost two-hour conversation, I walked away from there saying, God, you're doing more than I know. But I've cast out in the deep when you've told me. Amen. I pushed the ship away from the shore, and I'm positioning ourselves. Amen. For a miracle. Amen. Amen. God is good. And when they were taken and they beckoned unto the ones that were in partnership with them, they received of the blessing, amen, because of the one whose ship they were in pushed out from the shore. Let me tell you, it is important who you are connected to. And it is important who you are not connected to. You remember the old saying, they say, birds of a feather flock together. Many a times when I was in drug houses and different things, we, we had one thing in mind, and that was where the, the next fix was coming to from, amen. And, and when it was going to be, it wasn't on getting out of there. Amen. So that's why it's so important to make sure the ones you are connected to have a better vision, amen, amen, to get out of the place that they are to reach some place. And, and let me tell you something. Uh, attach yourself someplace to someone that is higher than you are, amen, so that they can help you up. I, I've learned a long time ago, amen, when we used to go hiking, when you would reach back to help somebody, you didn't help them to just where you were. You reached back and you pushed them ahead of you. And then when they got up there, amen, guess what? And you couldn't make it. They reached up and grabbed a hold of you and pushed you ahead of them. That's the way it is. I don't know about you, but I want to reach back and push somebody higher than I am. Because if you're in front of me and you're higher than I am, I got a goal. I got something I can see. Mm, Somebody hear what I'm saying. So when they had obeyed, amen, they was in partnership to that. Listen to this now. After they uh, uh, they asked them to help and they came and filled the ships that they both began to sing. Then in verse 8 it says, When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me for I am a sinful man, O Lord. When God does a miracle in your life, let me tell you something, your emotions will take over. How many has ever had God touch you or heal you or do something for you, amen, that you couldn't hold back the tears for what God did for you? Your emotions give way to a miracle, amen. You can't help. And he said, I'm a sinful man. And he just cried out. He thought, who am I to stand in your presence to be blessed with such a miracle? I was just a fisherman. Yet he chose his boat. Can I tell you today, 
He chose you. Woo! The Bible tells us we didn't choose him. He chose us. All of a sudden it said here, he said, I'm a sinful man, oh Lord. Let me tell you, a, a true miracle that happens. When, when, when I was in uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee, and, and that lady's legs began to grow with snakes, and it looked like snakes. She had never walked in her life, and it was just like this, and it looked like snakes, and I was standing back and all, just tears streaming. And, and she felt pain, and everybody saying she didn't walk. And she come to me afterwards, and, and people were criticizing because she said she's in pain. Well, she had never felt them before in her life. Huh? And she was feeling pain. Let me tell you, sometimes miracles hurt. Sometimes miracles take you to a place. Anybody ever had surgery and let them visit them fix you of something? Sometimes there's pain afterward. Can you say amen? It's no different with God. Ah, Jesus. Huh? First in the natural, then in the spirit. Amen. And she come to me and she said, and, and I said, but I was wa- wanting you to walk. And she looked at me and she said, you don't understand. God told me something uh, some time back and I haven't done it. When I do it, I'll get the rest of my miracle. Woo! And I went, all right. But there was not, there was a fact, there was, it was a miracle. And people was criticizing the miracle because it wasn't the miracle that they thought she should have had. Let me tell you, nobody knows what you need except Him. Nobody knows except Him what you need for a miracle. Listen to me here. It says, Then I'm a sinful man, O Lord, and for He was astonished. Look at that word. He was astonished. And all that were with him at the draught of fishes which they had taken. There's one thing that I have seen in the Word of God. Everywhere Jesus went, there was something unusual that happened. Something out of the way. Some miracle that had never taken place. Something unusual. I began to question my life. Is my ministry mundane or is there something unusual? What about yours? What's unusual? When you enter and you go into your ministry and you're ministering, what is unusual? What sets you apart from everyone else? I've heard people tell me for years, they said, you ain't like no preacher I, ain't, I ever met. And I said, thank you. <laughs> huh? I said, thank you. I may not talk like him. I may not dress like him. It don't mean the call of God ain't on my life. Can you say amen? You may not talk like him. You may not act like him. It don't mean that God ain't got a miracle for your life. Amen. But they were astonished. And things, unusual things. Uh, it rains every once in a while in here. Huh? Uh, uh, we take and do demonstrations with trash bags. And Terry, amen. And we'll tell what neat, what goes on. And at the end, amen, uh, uh, the thing proclaiming Terry walks away with the bag amen and and things that it had to be God because it wouldn't normally come out that way some of you may know where we had him putting a fist through and we kept uh, doubling that bag and tripling that bag until finally he came away from it and the enemy holding it couldn't even hold it what's unusual in your life what's unusual ask yourself everybody in here what's unusual in your life what is different that sets you apart from any way, anybody else in the way you minister in the way you talk to people hmm for he was astonished and all they that was with him at the draught of fish what they'd taken because something happened that never happened before something unusual I think when we moved over there to over here, the way it happened was unusual. Lisa, Judah, getting a tour bus, unusual. Not a norm thing. The way it happened. I don't know about you, but I'm looking for the unusual. I'm looking for something different. When I got studying all the miracles of, of, of Jesus, and I be, as I begin to study this, and I'm saying, I'm finding this thing that he didn't, he didn't just pray like I've always prayed for people. And who's our example supposed to be? Christ. And I said, I'm like them. T 
Teach me to pray. I pray for myself. I always say, what was my prayer? Give me wisdom. My prayer, Uncle Homer, I, I, one time, Tom, I, I gave him a paper and, and he was curious. And on that paper, it said wisdom, 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 wisdom. And the whole paper said wisdom. The only thing I've ever prayed for is wisdom because Solomon prayed for wisdom. And he said, I'll add all these other things unto you because you asked for wisdom to lead the people. And I still ask for wisdom today. And as I look at this and I say, well, wait a minute, Jesus. You prayed for yourself. You prayed for them to know you. Amen. Know God as you knew him, that they would be one. But you didn't pray for people to be healed. Amen. You gave the promise and you prophesied and it was received. You declared it. So where's that bring us? How many times... Sister Sherry, I don't know where she went. Amen. That I've, I've said, lay hands on the place that's hurting right now. Amen. And God has healed. Oh, out of obedience, what do you do? Out of obedience, do it. Amen. It wasn't the fact of the prayer. It was the fact of the obedience. Oh, Jesus. For he was astonished, and all they that were with him at the drought of the fishes which they had taken. And so was James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. There's that covenant, right? Okay? Partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from thenceforth shall thou catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all, and what? Followed him. They forsook all and followed him. An unusual happened. Something that made them forsake everything they had ever known in their life. Everything they had ever known in their life. As we were studying for the wine turning into, I mean the water turning into wine and the, and the, uh, we talked about the nobleman, his son. It said, when the water turned into wine, it said it was done so his disciples would believe. When the nobleman's son was healed, it said the nobleman believed and all his family. Huh? When this happened, guess what? I mean, they, they all believed. How do you know that? Because they forsook all and followed him. How many know that means you got to believe? I don't know where this is going. But I know this church is on a journey. I've had people many times say, you need, you need to have series that are taught and different tapes turned out. And we're taping this whole series and we're going to make it a series. Amen. Amen on, on all the teachings of the miracle of Jesus. We're going to get it out there. Because I believe God's gave me some nuggets, amen, of some truth that can change lives. Amen. Where's it going to take us? Violin, I don't know, but I'm going to enjoy the ride. Amen? Have you ever got in a car? Let me ask you. Have you ever just got in a car and you said you didn't know where you was going? You just thought, I'm going to take a ride. And you just drive, especially out in the country, and you just go, hello there, son. <laughs> and you just drive, especially out, out in the country, and you may not where you're going, you turn this way, and you just turn as you feel, and you don't know where you're going, you're just admiring and looking at the scenery and stuff like that. That's what I feel like we are right now. We're on a ride. We're going where only God knows we're going. And we're going to travel this journey through all 34 miracles of the Bible and see where it takes us at the end. Somebody may say, I'm getting tired of seeing, hearing about miracles. Well, then you must not need one. Amen. Or you must not know someone that needs one. I don't know about you, but I know people that need a miracle. Bible told us right here, if they're in partnership, amen, that overflow will go. Maybe it'll overflow to enough, amen, that you'll change. Something will change you out of the way that you are right now. And guess what? That'll flow through you, and you'll see a miracle. So as we study this, we're on this journey. Just fill your tanks up with gas. Don't come to church empty. Uh Uh-oh, listen to me. I'm getting ready to say something here. Don't come to church empty. You need to be praying before you ever get to church. You need to be worshiping before you get to church. You need to be coming in here ready, amen, for the Word of God, the worship of God, the praise of God, amen, 
for this journey that we are on. Push out from the place you're at just a little bit. Uh, I just heard my prayer. Now, Pastor, you're just on number three, and if this is 34 weeks of this, I may preach two of them at a time. I don't know. I just feel so much out of just the short. You know what I mean? There's just so much there that I feel the Lord's given. If we go 34 weeks, so what? I want my life to be different. I want to have said I poured out everything that I know about Jesus and what he did. When somebody gets saved, we'll say, read the Gospels, don't we? We'll say, read the Gospels, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. What are we sending them to? Read the Gospels. Maybe I need to tell us to read the Gospels. Because there's more in there if we'll just yield ourselves to Him. You're in this place today, and the only thing I'm going to say is this. Have you been obedient and positioned yourself for a miracle? Thank you for joining our podcast today for the Church of New Beginnings, 918 3rd Street, El Dorado, Illinois. Tune in again.